Hello everyone and welcome to Life in the Fat Lane. I want to apologize for my absence over the last several weeks. Not my intention to be gone and clearly I was not prepared for any sort of emergent situation in regards to the show here. Several things I've read have told me to have like 5 or 10 episodes recorded and ready to go before launch. But guess what? I didn't and it clearly bit me in the ass. But anyhow, we're back now and hopefully we don't run into any more issues like this. I do appreciate those of you that have reached out to check on me and to see what was going on. You sure know how to make a guy feel special. But really, it was just a technical issue with one of my pieces of equipment that decided it didn't want to work anymore. I've had it for several years. And so yeah, when you have a piece of equipment that don't work, there's nothing you can do until you replace it or fix it. And I can't fix it and I couldn't replace it. But it's fixed now and here we are. So... Without further ado, let's jump into episode number seven, and in this week's episode, I want to talk about the fastest growing sport in the United States right now, and that's pickleball. Let's go! Let's take a moment to breathe in, breathe out. Felt good. Now, now that we are rested and ready, I'd like you to head over to Instagram and give the show a little follow at Life in the Fat Lane Pod. And while you're there, you can find the link to the links there. You can find all my links in the one link in the intro bio of the Instagram. And you could also find the page you're looking for, that spicy page, that little pepper page that you're looking for. You can find that there. As well as some links to companies I've partnered with for some deals and steals. Now remember, if you go to the, any of those pages and you purchase items uh, with a discount, mind you, some of them I actually make a little commission on. It's not much, but it's uh, something. I think in my PayPal, I think I made like $10 this year so far uh, through the beard products that I buy and sell. And actually, I'm pretty sure that the commission I made was from my, <laughs> my own purchase. But hey, I'll take it. Anything's anything. And also, just kidding, there's no spicy page. But if you want one, let me know because daddy's got bills to pay. And you can call me daddy if you want. That's fine too. But I'll pause for a moment here, give you a moment to go and do that. Check it out. Instagram Life in the Fat Lane Pod. You can find my personal uh, Instagram there too. All that fun stuff. If you want my Snapchat, just send me a message. I'll send you that too. All right. But anyways, now that you're doing that, not if you're driving, I hope, but it, now, now that we've covered that, we're going to now get into the topic that I talked about a little bit in my apology slash introduction, and that is pickleball. And timing couldn't be any better because apparently April is National Pickleball Month. I also remember telling you in the intro that it is the fastest growing sport in the United States right now. It is. There is just such a boom. And now that summer is coming, especially for us winter, uh, winter areas, uh, snow areas, cold areas, we can't wait to get outside and play. Our little town don't have pickleball carts. We're trying to get some built. We just had a meeting last week 
uh, with the park and rec board about getting some built. So they're going to look into that and see uh, what we can do. There is absolutely no money in the budget, of course, but we might start some fundraising to try to get those because let me tell you, uh, I'll talk a little bit more later about why I think this is so important for the community and I'm going to be a little selfish for me. I need it. Pickleball has been a savior for me. And like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But like I said, April is National Pickleball Month, fastest growing sport in the country. If you're wondering what the hell pickleball is, well, I'm about to tell you. Pickleball is an extremely fun sport that combines the likes of tennis, badminton, and ping pong. Now imagine tennis and badminton. We're going around together, having a little fun, but it just, it just wasn't quite working with, for them. They wanted to spice things up, so they brought in a friend, Ping Pong. Well, between this thruple of sports, these beautiful, beautiful racket and paddle sports, birthed this new sport, Pickleball, that when... You watch some video, go watch some TikToks, go watch some videos of pickleball if you're not if you've never seen it before, and you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. How it mar- it's a marriage of all three of these sports together. But what's nice about pickleball, it is played both indoors and outdoors on a court less than half the size of a tennis court. My dimensions are probably way off. There's probably a specific, you know, size that it is, but it is significantly smaller. You use a paddle and a plastic ball with holes in it. It's similar to a wiffle ball, but I think just more sturdy. Um, two to four people participate at a time on a court. Um, all ages and skill levels can play and enjoy the game. That's one of the nicest things. Um, it was said to be you know, a senior citizen sport for the longest time, but it has exploded onto the scene for uh, ages like 25 to 45, I think is the age range where it's really exploding right now. Um, There was even a pickleball classic on ESPN last weekend. I don't know if you guys caught it, but uh, four great tennis players uh, did the pickleball slam, and it was just really fun to watch. Um, But, yeah, so uh, some of you know, but many of you probably don't, but I grew up on a tennis court, which will come into play on the pickleball discussion a little bit later. But it's a great – You know, honestly, it's a great background story, a great origin story, if you will. I played varsity tennis throughout high school. I played number one doubles my freshman through junior year and then number one singles my senior year and then ended my senior year playing number one doubles again for the last maybe quarter of the season, you know, for old time's sakes. And to be honest, uh, we probably should have stayed playing doubles because we were both big kids. Uh, So not only would there be less ground to cover, but we could also get to the net and end points quickly up there without having to run around so much. Uh, But when you're a fat kid and you're good at a sport and you're one of the best, if not the best players on the team, you want to see where that can take you. So that's kind of why we decided our senior year that we'd like to play singles. We played doubles our entire career and and we knew we were good enough to to compete. So we wanted to give that a shot Um, and not to be not to not a big head or brag, but but we were good. Like we were good at what we were doing, um, especially given our our little town. Um, and we were both team captains, uh, our senior year. Um, and I ended up playing as the top seed singles player on the team. I mean, how, how cool is that? What an opportunity. Let's just say that there was a sense of pride in that 
Now, mind you, we were in a town of about 10,000 people. Uh, back then, probably closer to 9,000 people. Small city with a bunch of small townships around. We're not in the middle of a city with a bunch of rich kids running around at a country club. Uh, we were kids in a small high school who had to walk around and ask kids to join the team so we had a full team so we could even play. Scrounging together a ragtag bunch of kids in a hallway, in the main hallway of our school. Uh, some of whom ended up being very good tennis players. Uh, I mean, not like immediately, but like through the practice and stuff, it was, you know, quite interesting to uh, see. Uh, sounds like a Disney movie, honestly. Uh, we could have been, but we never really conquered anything and won anything big. But uh, there were many moral victories, I guess, over the course of those years. But anyhow, uh, one story that I have was when my buddy Scott and I were in the winter of our freshman year, and we went to tennis lessons every weekend for a couple of months. The coach at one of the high schools in the city was the coach that did the lessons we were in, and he ended up calling our coach and telling him that we would never amount to anything in tennis, that my weight wouldn't allow me to be any good. Even though I played well already for someone who had only been playing on a broken city court with a buddy for less than two years just kids hitting a ball around never really any structure while some of these kids were at private schools the one that he taught at and coached at and they'd been born with a racket coming out of their ass you know since the age of six they were playing and i was the fat one but you know what they say just as the uh just use that as motivation but for real fuck that guy and his opinion We'll just let our play on the courts do the talking for us, which we did. We never beat any of his teams over the course of the four years that we played, but we did play them hard and never gave up. And uh, considering these kids were some of the best in the state, we were two fat kids from Sparta, Wisconsin. And we played well, and we frustrated them. You know, imagine, imagine losing to those guys, you know? Imagine it even being a tough time when you're supposed to be running away with every match, you know, and winning state and all that bullshit that comes with it. But I had that same mentality every match, too. As they line all the kids up and call off the courts and they announce number one singles, and here you have some super fit athletic kid who looks like he should have been in his third year of college already being called, and then they call me as the opponent. You can't help but hear the kids on the other team making comments and laughing. But it's great because usually when it's all done, they're not laughing anymore. And that is one of the best feelings in the world. Proving to others that it can be done, that even though you have doubters and naysayers and those who are laughing at you and don't believe in you, but you are the one who can take charge and be in control. You know your ability. You know what you can do. They don't know that. And you can use that in the real world too. People don't know what you're capable of. And if they don't know you, but they're judging you already, prove them wrong. Don't let their hate stop you. Prove them wrong. And if you can't prove them wrong because you're not quite there yet, keep working at it. Use that as motivation. But moving on from all that, it's a hot topic for me, clearly. I love the sport of tennis, and I was good at it. But after I had those issues with my leg that I had talked about, having the cellulitis in my leg a couple times and all that damage and the swelling, it was hard for me to play. So in the last three years, I, I haven't played tennis at all, and that kills me. I've been playing since I was almost 14 years old. And then to be out there running around on the court and just not being able to, to do it anymore is very frustrating. 
part of that is my size, but most of all, it's my leg, like uh, the swelling, like it just, you know, it's always swollen and then it just starts to hurt and, and I just don't want to do any more damage to it, you know? Um, but this year, since I've lost a bunch of weight already and I felt comfortable putting that kind of pressure on my leg again, I decided I wanted to get back to playing tennis, but I knew it was going to take some time and I wasn't going to be able to just jump back in and be at the level that I know that I'm capable of being at. And that was also a hard realization to, to have too. And this is where pickleball enters the chat. I listen to the Pat McAfee show almost daily on my lunch breaks and they've been talking about the fastest growing sport in the country, pickleball, for ever since the Super Bowl. Football Super Bowl, not pickleball Super Bowl. But as they start explaining it, I'm looking into it more. And man, my eyes lit up. I mean, like I'm a lover of almost all racket sports and pickleball was right up my alley. It was also looking to be a great jumping off point to getting back into tennis. Like this is my this is the door being opened to getting back to where I want to be and to what I want to be doing. Part of that is because the courts are so much smaller and the games are in tighter quarters, allowing me to get the workouts that I need while not completely killing my body trying to run down tennis balls when I'm clearly not ready for that yet. It also seems that I picked it up at the right time because as I mentioned before, you know, they just had the four all time greatest tennis players. Well, four of the all time greatest tennis players, uh, playing in a pickleball slam on ESPN. Honestly, if you have a chance to see it, uh, to go and watch it, I would do that. It's fun. Um, it's exciting. You know, there's commentary throughout the matches from the players. And John McEnroe is John McEnroe. So um, if you're looking for excitement there, definitely uh, check that out. Um, Andre Agassi even said afterwards that pickleball is where tennis players go to die and that from here on out you can find him playing pickleball and that he couldn't wait to play more. At first, I feel like it did sound, it didn't sound that great what he was saying, but he meant it in the way that, that he was excited to now be playing pickleball and excited to continue playing and to learn the game and play more. Um, so yeah, um, it's, I mean, it's great. So let's talk, let's just talk a little bit about uh, pickleball's story, its history. So in 1967, I lied to you. 1965. In 1965, um, a couple of guys uh, had returned home. Family was sitting around. They had nothing to do. So they decided that they were going to play some badminton, but they couldn't find all the equipment. So they kind of improvised and took some ping pong paddles and like a wiffle ball type deal and started playing with that. And then they realized that the ball was bouncing pretty good on that court surface. So then they lowered the net and started playing that way. Um, it was then that they brought another friend over and introduced them to the game and started constructing some rules. They used a lot of rules like badminton rules um, to just kind of to make this game like a, its own thing. And one of their main purposes and goals was to make a game that the whole family could play. And honestly, I think they really did succeed because it's a great – this game is really great for the ultra-competitive – and for the super beginner, like I was in the gym for five minutes on the first time I played and I got called out to play and we were, you know, off to the races. It was nice. Uh, so, yeah, that was 1967. 
which it's crazy because I feel I'm sure I've heard of this game before, but it wasn't until the last couple of months that I really was hearing about it more and more. Um, by 1990, pickleball was being played in all 50 states. In 2001, the game of pickleball was introduced for the first time in the Arizona Arizona Senior Olympics through the efforts of Earl Hill. So that's kind of exciting. Um, a new corporation was formed in 2005, the USAPA, the USA Pickleball Association. So that's kind of cool. And and if you don't know, I'm literally on the pickleball website, just kind of going through their dates. Because I just think it's kind of fun to see, like, especially if you've never heard of it, to find out that it's been going on for like 50 years. 60 years? Dang. But let's just fast forward to what it says about 2022, last year even. The Sport and Fitness Industry Association named Pickleball the fastest-growing sport in America for the second consecutive year. That's what I said. I told you guys. I told you. I wouldn't steer you wrong. 5,522 fans were at the championship Sunday, the largest ever pickleball attendance in history. And as of 2023, the USA Pickleball membership numbers reached 70,000 in February of this year. 30% growth since last year. 30% in one year. Wow. According to a report, Pickleball is now up to a total of 8.9 million players in the United States over the age of six years old, an increase from 4.8 million in 2022. Damn! Almost doubled in a year. Uh, the pandemic apparently had a lot to do with that. Um, but one thing, too, that I wanted to talk about with pickleball is just how great of a thing it is for me to be to be able to be active again. It's so nice. Um, I got a better workout in the 40 minutes that I played pickleball the last two weeks than I would have at the gym in any any type of workout that I would have done as far as cardio goes. I was sweating so bad afterwards. Um, and, and, you know, you're playing a sport and you're having fun, so I feel like half the time you don't even realize what you're doing. But it feels good, you know. Um, I guess I'm not sure what else to try to say about the game but I'm just super excited that I have found it, and it really is leading uh, to some some changes in, in uh, more of a workout thing for me, which is super exciting. But let's go back and, and touch on some of the things that I talked about as a big guy playing sports. Even though I knew my ability, let's, okay, yeah, let's just talk about my first day playing pickleball with anybody, you know, with anybody. I'd been watching videos for months, a couple months. Um, I'd been watching videos and watching TikToks and reading the rules and trying to get myself ready to go. Then I found out that uh, on Thursday nights at one of our local churches, there's an open gym there that they have at their school. And the local pickleball club that we have, they uh, open up that gym and then they play and then you have a chance to play. So I 
didn't have a good paddle, uh, so I just went to uh, the Dick's Sporting Goods uh, in the next town over and grabbed like the cheapest one they had just because I had one that was coming that I purchased. I bought a, a decent one, um, but that wasn't here yet, and I'd found out about this open gym. So I wanted to go. I Not really knowing that I could have just borrowed one from somebody, and I'm sure I could have, but I didn't know anybody there really. Um, so I didn't want to chance that. So I ran, ran and bought a, a cheap one. And then now my friends can play because I have three paddles. So I can bring friends along with me and play without, you know, requiring them to have to purchase one. I already got one for you guys, you know? Um, so I walk into the gym, I lace up my shoes, just expecting to watch for a while and then maybe just hit around because I know what a tennis ball and a tennis racket feels like. But I've never hit a plastic ball with a paddle before. So I figured that would take some time to get used to. And honestly, it really didn't. After hitting the ball a couple of times, it's very similar. The feel uh, is very similar. Um, I mean, obviously, it's different. But it's just, for me, it just, it, there was enough similarities that it was a nice, uh, it was easy to pick up for me. Um, and the feel was natural. It wasn't something that was so out of sync for me. But I get there and I'm watching and the match ends right in front of me. And there is a, a nice young lady that I was talking to that plays all the time. And she had actually answered a bunch of my questions on our Facebook group. Um, as, and has been super helpful. Um, she's not listening to this, but if, if you are, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, but first match ends five minutes after I get there. And she's like, all right, you're in. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. She's like, yeah, come on. So I'm like, I mean, you know that I've literally never played this before, right? Ever, never, ever, forever, never. Not one time. She's like, yeah, that's fine. You're playing. So they helped me with some of the rules. Um, and it was kind of funny because a lot of my tennis instincts kind of came back. And there's So on the court, there's an area called the kitchen that you're not allowed to go into and hit the ball out of the air. But in tennis, especially in doubles, that was my job was to get up to the net and hit the ball out of the air. So that those kind of things crept in, and we lost a bunch of points because I kept jumping into the kitchen and hitting the ball. But after a few times of doing that and realizing you're making a mistake, it becomes a little bit easier. You're starting to read the court. Um, but everybody was super nice and helpful and, and just really uh, good to me in, in helping me get the rules down, not being mad at me when I'd break a rule and uh, – well, obviously, the other team wouldn't be mad at me because they got a point out of it. But my teammates were always good sports about it. Um, but yeah, so a uh, terrible mistake I made the first night is I did not stretch. I did not prepare because I, like I said, I didn't think I was going to be playing. I thought maybe I'd hit a little bit after after people were done playing, maybe hit the ball a few times with somebody or off the wall, something. But I ended up playing three straight matches, and I was bushed like I was tired um but I was sweating like a dog and it felt good but the next day my legs were jelly I was so sore and I sit all day at work at a desk and then I have to get up every once in a while to get like printouts or to get uh you know things for patients that they need but you'll be sitting down for an hour before you have to get up again and then like you kind of forget and then you go to stand up and your legs are like no we're gonna we want to stay right here <laughs> so I, I kind of struggle with that a little bit. And then 
The second week, went and played the second week. I made sure to get there early, and I stretched really, really well. Um, and, you know, same thing. Like, my legs felt good, like, during the match. And, like, obviously, like, I was warmed up, and everything was good. The next morning, my legs were a little sore, but not like the last time. So I'm like, good, good, good. That's good there. But let me tell you, my knees were on fire. So one thing with pickleball is you do a lot of almost like squats, but a lot of bending because the ball's low and you need to get low with it. So you might not be running as much as you are in tennis, but let me tell you that up down. Boo, these 40-year-old knees are 80. They've been supporting this body for so long and then trying to lift it back up after it gets low. Y'all, I don't get low. <laughs> I used to at the club, but sometimes I need a little help getting back up. But I think I think what's really nice about that is like I could tell the difference week after week, so I know my body is going to get acclimated to it. We're going to start seeing some nice results on the scale and on my body transformation. Oh, it's going to be so nice, I'm telling you. Um, once again, I feel like I'm just rambling on, but if you have a chance, if you're looking for things to do, especially if you're – really out of shape pickleball is a nice nice starting point because you don't have to go all out and play big matches or anything you can just hit the ball back and forth over the net and that'll get you a nice little start then you start backing up a little bit then you start serving then you start running around the court it, it you'll work your way to having fun and 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 being all over that court it, i'm telling you so if you're just looking for something different and something you can do with everybody. And that's one nice thing too. Like like with tennis, it's really hard to find people around here. Like none of my friends play tennis. So I have a couple that do that I know that do now. But for many years before I met a lot of some of these friends, um, I didn't have anybody to that I could call to to go and play tennis with and to play and get enough out of. Because it's really hard when you want to play, but if your friends don't know how to play, then you're spending more time trying to teach them how to play or how to hit the ball that you're not getting what you need out of it. But with pickleball, that is almost basically erased. You can teach somebody how to play pickleball in 10 minutes. And that's great. Because then you're getting a workout without even realizing you're getting a workout. You're sweating out all the nasty. You had a bad day. You just you ate something bad and you don't feel good. Sweat it out. Run around on that court for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is you can give. Boy, that's good. So once again, I want to apologize for the length between episodes. Uh, that is on me. I wasn't prepared for anything like that um, to take place. I will be better prepared in the future. We're going to switch episode release. I know it's been on Thursdays, but I'm a sucker for a little marketing magic. And I'm going to start releasing episodes on Fridays because it's going to be Fat Lane Fridays. Fat Lane Fridays, everybody. That sounds good coming off the tongue. Fat Lane Fridays. Be on the lookout for that. I'm excited. Next week, guys. After work today. Today, that if you're listening to it today, release day Friday. 
after work today, I have 10 days off of work and I am going to New York City. And I can't wait for the episode where I talk about how New York City was because y'all, I am living a dream. A dream, you guys. I am going to see my musical idol who I never thought I'd see live because when the band broke up in 2001, I thought that was it. When he went solo in 2001, he was mostly overseas. And then like everyone, he came to the U.S. I think he played a couple of shows here, but I was never able to make it. I didn't have the money to go wherever he was performing. And it was one-off shows here and there. But the band Savage Garden was my favorite. I listened to country music, y'all. Country music, Michael Jackson, Savage Garden. Darren Hayes from Savage Garden, my number one favorite all-time singer-songwriter ever, 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 ever. His music has done more for me in my lifetime than I could ever, ever really tell anybody. But... He, it's the 25th anniversary of Savage Garden's first album, and he's doing the Do You Remember tour, and it is coming to the United States, and I'm going to see him next Thursday in New York City. I'm going to cry. I'm pretty sure. I know I am. I'm not even pretty sure. I am 100% sure. And then on Friday, that's Thursday night, and then Friday, I'm living another once-in-a-lifetime dream come true. And I am going to see Moulin Rouge on Broadway on Friday, and I'm sitting in the can-can seats. I'm literally in the stage. Like, the stage wraps around us. It's going to be beautiful, and, and I can't even wait for that. Moulin Rouge has been my favorite movie since I was 18 years old. It came out in 2001. Um, made me a huge fan of Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor is my favorite actor, and it started with that movie. Um, I, I know I love music, and I talk about how music is such an important part of my life. Uh, but I was never really even into musicals, like mo- like the movie musicals. But Moulin Rouge, fuck, I, it fucking touched me somewhere that I've never been touched before. And I am just in love with that movie. Um, I even have a dedicated part of my studio um, that I'm looking at right now and pointing at. But you can't see it because you're not in here. Uh, maybe I'll take a picture of it and post it on uh, socials. Uh, but that uh, Moulin Rouge wall, it's my favorite. Um, I'm I'm one a tattoo. I want a Moulin Rouge tattoo, and I think uh, I think I got a perfect idea of what I want. Uh, so I'm gonna wait until after I see this. But literally, the two of the things that I loved most in high school and the years following it never wavered from high school till now, and I'm 40. Two of my favorite things, and I am experiencing both of them back to back days next week. And this kind of goes back to the episode where I talked about traveling. This wouldn't be possible if I wasn't traveling, if I wasn't making, you know, doing the things that I still know that I love to do and want to do regardless of my size. Some of you are still scared to do these things because of your size. I am telling you now, do not be scared. Or you know what? You can be scared, but do it because then you're going to realize how incredible life is. Whether you're 500 pounds, 300 pounds, 150 pounds, it don't matter.
because you're doing things that you love and dreams are coming true. Dreams are coming true. I cannot express that enough. So with that being said, this is Life in the Fat Lane. Thanks again for being here. If you've made it this long, I love you so much. If you didn't make it this far, I still love you, even though you're not going to hear this, but you're going to know. You're going to know. My name is Zach. This is Life in the Fat Lane. Head to my socials, Life in the Fat Lane pod. Find the links to the links. Spicy page is not there. I'm sorry, ladies and the gentlemen that like that. Thanks for being here.